we were working with a group called Artin in the Philippines, and we started out just about a year ago doing our first edition. We printed 10,000 papers. We thought, oh, okay, let's start with that. So then the next edition was 20,000. And the next edition was 30,000. I think it's strike. This is really going places. So then we just, we've just done the fourth edition at the end of last year, and we did 40,000. And the guy who heads it up, Kevin, he said to me, he said, Carl, he said, if I had the money, I could have printed 100,000 and it still wouldn't have been enough. That's the hunger that we see. So having something in their own language, Byron, makes it such a blessing. Challenge Literature Fellowship is a nonprofit organization that publishes an evangelistic newspaper to encourage and help Christians to share their faith regularly and to give readers the opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ. The paper called Challenge started in 1978 with small print editions of the paper produced on a photocopier. The first tabloid edition was printed in August of 1980. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, we welcome to the studio, all the way from down under, Carl Carmody, who is the CEO of Challenge Literature Fellowship and also editor of Challenge Newspaper. Carl, welcome to Bot Radio Network. Welcome to Memphis, Tennessee. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks, Byron. Yeah, nice to be here. This is not your first time to be in Memphis or on this show. I think back in 2020, I think mm. it was, mm-hmm. our mutual friend, Jeff Patrick, who is mission pastor at Memphis Union Mission, dear, dear brother, and I know you've had a long friendship with him over the years. I have. He guest hosted for me when I was, I guess, on vacation, and he got to share some of your story on the program. But it's good to have you back. Welcome back to Memphis. Very nice to be back after a bit of a stretched COVID break. Yeah. So how have the people living in Australia dealt with all of the COVID restrictions and quarantine? I recently did an interview with a missionary living in Japan, and they're just now starting to let go of some of those strict guidelines. We had a lot of strict guidelines put in place, and we found ourselves in a situation where uh, I think it was difficult for some people. But in the last 12 months, we've slowly but surely emerged out of it, and things are pretty much back to normal. Now, you started out in TV and film media, I believe, was it? I did a degree in film and television and journalism. And I actually couldn't get a job, so I started, uh, I was a landscape gardener. So I did gardening for about a year or so for uh, the education department in Western Australia. And it was through that connection that I actually met a lady who managed the school canteen, and it was through her I came to know the Lord. And then I met her daughter, Carolyn, and so we've been married as of January, 40 years. Congratulations. So, yeah, no, it's great. It's a bit late to change my mind now after 40 years. (laughs) And and, uh, I love her dearly. She's, She's an amazing wife and incredible support in the work. Well, let's talk some about the backstory of your faith. When did you start understanding what Jesus Christ came to earth to do, take our sins, you know, the gospel message? When did that come alive in your heart? I come from a Roman Catholic background. That's I come from Ireland originally. Came out in 69 to Australia and um, went through all the usual sort of things, continued on in my, in my Catholic religion. But I, I guess the thing that got me going, Byron, was I had a question. Uh, why am I doing this? What's the, what's the purpose of it? So it was time when I went through university and kept asking questions. I'd had been searching, been looking, trying to find answers. So nothing much really happened until I'd finished my degree in film and television and journalism. And by the way, I did a, I started out doing medical technology, but it wasn't my cup of tea, so to speak. You couldn't stand the sight of blood maybe, huh? Oh, it just, it just, (laughs) I realized it wasn't for me. I wasn't doing particularly well at it. And so when I switched to film and television and journalism, it was more my, my style. But look, when I graduated, I then, as I said, couldn't get work. And when I went to this small primary school called White Side Primary School in, in Belmont in, in Perth. It was there that it all started to happen. So the thing that spoke to me, I think, Byron, was just there was something different about Trish. 
and uh, she managed the school canteen, but she had a joy about her. She had a presence about her that I thought there's something different about her. And that's really what got me thinking about what it is to be a Christian. I love that story. The transformation that Jesus does in heart is so beautiful. Mm, it is. And it's something only he can do, you know. People try to get religious, and there's many <laughs> religious people. You see them all over the world. But to really have that fellowship with God, to know that there's joy of having your sins forgiven. Absolutely. The hope of heaven. I guess for me, uh, the, uh, the whole aspect of being religious, and of course, religion just means a way of life. And so for me, you just did the, the religious thing. But I knew about God, but I didn't actually know God. And so there's a world of difference between the two. And that was the thing that got me thinking. So I remember watching a show on TV. It was one of the first times they did one of these blockbuster series called The Word, based on the book by Irvin Wallace that wrote the book The Word. And it was all about how a fictitious extra book of the Bible had been found. And this guy who was appeared in The Fugitive, David Jensen, yeah. was the lead actor in it. So he's investigating. And right up until the end, it looks like the real deal. And then suddenly uh, we <laughs> he finds out it's not the real deal. And so we find ourselves in a situation where, it, but it's too late. Uh, so this new authoritative version of the Bible goes into print. And all over the world, people are looking to get this copy of the Bible, our alleged Bible. And, uh, and somehow or other, God used that to speak to me. So I remember going in the next Monday into, into the school canteen and said to Trish, can I have a Bible? Well, she just dropped the knife and <laughs> ran around in circles and said, oh, yes, I can get you a Bible. So, so I started reading Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I remember on a Thursday, I came in and was telling her, I was reading through Matthew's Gospel, and I remember saying to her, I said, oh, look, it's really interesting. And she just asked me up front, she said, do you want to make a commitment of your life to Christ? I thought about it for a few seconds, I said yes. So there in a school canteen, honestly, Byron, I prayed the simplest of prayers, committing myself to Christ, and I can tell you, instantly, my life changed. Uh, I mean, I could adjust the English language better than anybody, but almost instantly, the Lord took that away from me. And then about a year later, I came into the work of Charlie. I came in in 1982. Wow. Well, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, creation. new creation creature. Mm. And that is what God's Word says. And that's what took place in your life. And I, I, love, I love that story, Carl. Mm. Challenge publication, mm -hmm. okay, when a reader picks it up, what are they typically going to discover? And we're going to talk a moment. I know there's different versions, a couple of different versions of the paper. But mm -hmm. typically, when someone picks up, I stated at the beginning that to encourage Christians to share their faith, and to give readers the opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pretty foundational, but to do that, what am I going to discover in, in the paper? Well, the whole idea of the paper, and this is Eric Evans, who was our founder, he came to the Lord at 38, and uh, but he had this burden to develop a newspaper that people could use for a, a gospel tool. Now, the idea was that you could do a newspaper that didn't look religious, but had all of the content of what it is to be a Christian. So we started putting testimonies, gospel articles, children's pages, a sports page for those that, as I usually say, addicted or afflicted or whatever yeah, yeah, when yeah. it comes to sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was all of those sorts of things, Byron. And so we, we found that putting a paper, a 12-page newspaper that had a variety of different stories. And I guess I could say, I remember traveling to Kenya on one occasion and I was sharing with a, a Kenyan gentleman and uh, African, and I gave him a paper. He illustrated typically what happens when you run a testimony. He read the story of a man who, had a, who was an alcoholic and so on and so on. And then he, he, he nudged me. He said to me, and he said, hey, hey. I said, yes, yes. He said, this is my story. Wow. So you could see that testimonies became means by which people identify with a person's story and say, well, maybe I need this change in my life. And so we write it in simple English. So we don't write words like sanctification, grace, 
uh, all these types of terms that we can use that we assume the non-Christian understands, but haven't got any idea what it means. As you mentioned, Eric Evans, I love his story. Having served in the British Navy Mm. during World War II, uh, continued to work at sea and then from the UK, and then after migrating to Australia was where he landed and was kind of the birthplace for Mm. this uh, this whole ministry and this paper. You mentioned how you guys got connected, but what were the circumstances that led to you to now become the CEO of the organization. It was very interesting because once I'd made a commitment of my life to Christ, I stayed on at the school for a while. And then a a friend of mine who was a pastor of another church had mentioned to Eric that I'd recently become a Christian and that I was a journalist. Now, as it happens, Eric was looking to bring on a journalist and ultimately an editor for Challenge. So he came out to the school where I was working. And by then, I'd met Carolyn and we were engaged to get married. And so it was really interesting trying to (laughs) have someone come out. Now, I'm as green as grass, Byron. You know, I've only been a Christian five minutes and someone's inviting me to come in. and, And I said to Eric, I said, okay, that sounds interesting. Let me pray about it. And I just went away. And it it was strange how sometimes God works for a new Christian particularly. And when Carol and I got married, we were going to get married, we we said, Lord, we need a place to rent. So I said, Lord, if you want me to come into challenge, then you need to be able to maybe show me by providing a, a place to rent. Now, I'm telling you without a word of a lie, Byron, the head cleaner of the school, Joy Jackson, who came from a Mormon background, believe it or not. And she came up to me and she said, Carl, you and Carol are not looking for a place to rent. And every hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I, I knew with absolute certainty, I knew that God was saying, I want you to go in. And so Eric had said, oh yeah, there'd be a wage. Well, I arrived Monday, the Tuesday, whatever it was that I was told, well, no, there's no money to pay. So I said, that's fine. I just realized, I mean, I was so young. I mean, yeah. I knew nothing about this. I was 20, yeah. 26. Yeah. You know, I came a little late in life, really. Yeah. And so I said, okay, that's fine. And so from day one, we just trusted the Lord for whatever came in the door, and that was it. Carl, in this digital age, many newspapers have turned off their presses and published digitally to compete. Do you guys also have a digital platform of the we paper? Do. Are you finding print is still as effective with all this digital age we're in right now? Yeah, well, look, we have a, a U.S. website, uh, challengenewsus.org, and then we've got a challenge.news that people can go to, and they can just get all the different editions that we do. They can actually uh, read them, print them, you know, if they want to. But let me tell you something, Byron, that I think has happened now in this world is we're noticing that there's so much stuff being fired at us, Byron, that people are overwhelmed by the online world. They're literally getting, you know, I I mean, I empty my email file, you know, the next day it's just tick, 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 tick. Really? I said, why don't people give me a rest? And so there's some, and I can't read it all. So what we find is having hard copy gives you something to put into people's hands so they can sit down over a cup of tea or coffee and they can read through the paper and have a look at this article. They don't have to navigate the computer. They can if they want yep. to. Yes. But we find hard copy also makes us as Christians more intentional in giving something to someone and saying, here, have this. I mean, I just think of the other day, a lady, I was having breakfast just yesterday with uh, Jeff Patrick, uh, Henry and a few others. And so we gave her a tip and we gave her a paper. She said, oh, thank you. And, you know, it's just so easy to use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of it, yeah. Byron. One of our advertisers, Brim Snack Foods, they distribute all kinds of chips and snacks, and they print on every bag a Bible verse. Yes. And one of those bags of chips wound up in a area prison. And the inmate, you know, ate the chips, looked on the back, and he read the verse, and he contacted the chip company. 
my friend Terry, who owns the company, <laughs> talked to him, and they be- incredible. led him to Christ. He became to Christ. You know, <laughs> we see that happen. Yeah, we see that happen. Well, many and times. let's talk about some of that. Those frequent stories that you hear from readers, where they're engaging opportunities. I, I love the idea that you're trying to challenge to your readers to share their faith. The paper itself, not so much. But what we're trying to do is to help challenge them in the fact of how they use the paper. Right. But the content of the paper is really directed at the at the non-Christian, obviously. Now, let me give you a classic example of how God can use challenge. Here, here's a lady. in um, She's in Tasmania. Now, in case you don't know this, if you're in Tasmania, people who live on the main section of Australia are called mainlanders. It's almost like being called a foreigner. But anyway, this lady, uh, her husband was a truck driver. So anyway, this lady one day decides she wants to go to a shop and buy herself a whole new cups and saucers, you know, and a whole new crockery set. So she goes to this store and the people who own the store are, are Christians. Now, it just so happened she bought new cups and saucers and plates and so on. And they had old copies of Challenge. So they thought, oh, well, why don't we use these old copies of Challenge to wrap cups and saucers and so on? Now, look, it's not a, a method we recommend. <laughs> But it is something that's, okay, fine. Okay, here it goes. So this lady relates how she goes home and she unwraps a cup and she an article catches her attention. So she gets all the different pages to that edition, puts it all together, reads it from cover to cover, and then writes us a letter. And here's the first question she asked, Byron. She says this, can I know forgiveness? I thought, what a great question, you know. Anyway, she goes on to relate that her husband's a truck driver. And this particular occasion, he'd gone to the mainland and was away for three or four weeks. And she said, I did something that I thought would never happen. I had an affair. And she was just tormented by what had happened. The end result was I put her in touch with some pastor and his wife. They related to her. They wrote to her and so on. She became a Christian. Then she came clean with a husband who also became a Christian. And then I think back to how that all happened, Byron. And here it is, a seed wrapped around a cup. I wouldn't have thought of that. I'd say, well, no, no. (laughs) How does that work? But you see, the Spirit of God, God himself can do anything. He can use anything that he wants to use. And so he used just this little article that caught her attention, and away she goes. That is so beautiful. Mm. I love that story too, Carl. Mm. Once the publication is printed, I believe it's a bi-weekly Publication? No, that, no, 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 we're bi-monthly. Bi-monthly, okay. Bi-monthly. How long does it take to get distribution? There is quite a bit of distribution, as I mentioned, from the early days of that photocopier when you first started out. When you first started that, you printed 5,000 papers per month, yeah. predominantly to Western Australia. But as that expanded, the printing began to go into eastern states. At the peak, we're printing 63,000 papers per month. Yes. Now, if I'm getting the information correct here, 20 plus countries in partnership with UK Good News Paper, you've gone from running in the early 80s to around 60,000 papers to approximately 4 million. Is that right? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, 4 yeah, million? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we partnered with Good News, got us going. They were called Challenge to Good Newspaper in England. Andrew Holloway's our director and uh, the main man there. And they do about 75,000 papers a month, about almost a million papers annually. And then they also go into Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So then we do, for instance, uh, in South Africa, we do a main edition, prison edition, and a military edition with Christian Military Fellowship. That edition goes into 12 different countries on its own. And so we're finding that, um, look, it goes from a handful to thousands, depending where we're going. So South Africa is our biggest hub. So let me give you an example. This month, no, last month, March, we did 12 different editions, and we would have printed just in the one month probably 
half a million papers oh, just in the one month. I can't imagine the cost of paper to print, and obviously God is providing. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and this is a ministry, so you're funded via donations, yes. people contributing to the ministry, hmm. but the cost of paper and supplies must be <laughs> astronomical. Uh, um, probably, I would guess, between the UK budget ourselves and the, uh, and the US and other places, I'm guessing, but it'd be, I would say, well over a million dollars that we raise. But we do a lot with what we get. We, we literally run on financial vapors because it sounds like a lot of money, but I've got nine staff at my office back in Perth. Do you have your own uh, presses that you print? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no. We do it with uh, Color Press, which is uh, in WA. Then we print here in the US with uh, Andrew, our US director and so on. So we print in South Africa, we print in the UK, we print in Kenya, you know, you name it, we print somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some of these other distribution areas in the paper. There are more than 10,000 prisons throughout the U.S. that are home to more than 2.3 million people. Hmm. And there's a challenge paper edition for prison and also Spanish hmm. that's being used behind prison bars, right? Yep. This is uh, this is it here. If you look at those, those ones there, you can see that that's the prison edition. And so uh, the whole goal here, Byron, is that, excuse the pun, but you've literally got a captive audience. Yes. And so we're finding now in this country, and, and uh, you know, when you when you speak with Andrew, you'll see what we talk about, who's a US director. He'll tell you all of the different issues with the prison edition. The demand for the US prison edition simply outstrips our ability to provide it. Well, That's the problem. Well, Now, that's a nice problem, but it's just not easy to fix. So the prison <laughs> systems, they're allowing you to distribute into the prisons. Absolutely. They don't have a problem with it. Absolutely. We were, there. We were in a prison last night, so yeah. for the right reasons. Please right. let me yeah. explain that, Byron. We're <laughs> yes. there for the right reasons. So we find that, again, it's, it's very well received. And we partner with a fantastic organization called Crossroad Prison Ministries, who do a superb job following up. Uh, responses to the gospel. But the problem is 10,000 places of incarceration here, uh, somewhere around 2.3 million or thereabouts, if not more, behind bars. Now, that's a small nation yeah. behind yes. bars. Yes. So how do we actually go about reaching those people? Well, the thing that we need, of course, is funding to be able to, and it's much the same as any Christian ministry like Bot Radio and others. You know, you guys need uh, funding to do what you do, and we're no different. Talk about the challenge as a mission team tool, because I was reading on your website where mission teams are mm -hmm. able to take these papers, mm. say if they're having trips to someplace in South America or you know yeah. where Africa or wherever, they can get a supply of these. That's now, right. now That's do right. you drop ship those ahead of time to where they're going, or do they carry them with them? How does that work no, out? No, no, you're, you're spot on, Byron. That's exactly what we do. So, so we'll have a, a church come to us. They'll order the papers and say, oh, can you ship uh, X amount of papers for us? We're going to Mexico, for instance. So can we have the Spanish edition? And then you know we'll, we'll get something, situation like they're going into Central America somewhere. We also work with ministry organizations. And so we have the, like caring partners who are basically a medical team that go in and do medical mission, do a superb job. I mean, they're just outstanding based in, in Ohio. And uh, so we, we're looking to work with them. So we're looking now to print in Guatemala and Belize. So we print in country. Right. Because transport's been a giant pain, Byron. It yeah. really has. Yeah. And so we've said, look, let's print there. For example, even in Australia now, we were delivering to Darwin, which is right up in the Northern Territory. Well, now we've, we just thought, look, let's print in Darwin. So we're printing now 5,000 papers in Darwin because it's easier and cheaper. Oh, I love the strategy there. And I've heard stories too, you know, where they talk about getting Bibles into China. Oftentimes, Bibles are actually printed inside China, you know, secretly, yeah, of course. Yes. God has a way, doesn't he, Carl? He, he does. He does. <laughs> he does. I mean, Ch China is one of the world's largest printers of Bibles. That's the, that's the irony of all. <laughs> 
all of this. You know, you just think you're thinking, no, I'm, we're anti-God, but God has a sense of humour. I'm sure of it because why would you have China printing more Bibles than any other nation on the planet? <laughs> That's incredible. That's what happens. Yeah. Yes, God has a way of humouring us. Definitely, He does. Do you have other distribution in, in Asia Pacific or well, that area? Let me let me tell you another story that you'll find very interesting. We've just started going into the Philippines, so we do a. English Tagalog version of the paper. We're working with a group called Artin in the Philippines. And we started out just about a year ago doing our first edition. We printed 10,000 papers. We thought, oh, okay, let's start with that. Mm. So then the next edition was 20,000. Mm. Then the next edition was 30,000. I'm thinking, strike. This is really going places. So then we just, we've just done the fourth edition at the end of last year, and we did 40,000. And the guy who heads it up, Kevin, he said to me, he said, Carl, he said, if I had the money, I could have printed 100,000, and it still wouldn't have been enough. Wow. That's the hunger that we see. Wow. So having something in their own language, Byron, makes it such a blessing because they can say, wow, you've yes. actually, you know, and we'll do it some, well, not always, but in a lot of cases we'll do bilingual. So then it yeah. becomes an ESL, English as a second language tool. Yes. So if they want to teach them English, they can read in Tagalog and then read English. So that helps them to learn English. So you use all those different ideas and methodology to try and say, okay, how do we effectively use right. what we produce? Yes. And so this is the, the beauty of it. Any distribution, Carl, toward the Middle East? I mean, it's a more difficult, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, maybe, well, maybe you can't talk about that. <laughs> no, no. well, look, we haven't had any – usually we get a pointer towards it, Byron. You know, we sense, okay, Lord, are you leading us here? Um, I'd love to cover Africa a lot better. So if we're looking at Arabic editions, that sort of thing, probably if anything is going to happen in Africa, probably I'm thinking I'd love to do our next edition would be the French edition. Now, just think of France. It's, you can go to 30,000 towns and villages in France, Byron, and not find a single Christian witness. Now, I'm down in Longview, Texas, visiting Calvary Baptist Church, Donnie Barron's the pastor there, lovely man, and I went past half a dozen churches that you need to cut lunch and a water bag to find your way around them. They're huge yes. buildings. Oh, they are. And, and you're just thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, there are churches everywhere. Now, you can go to 30,000 towns and villages in France and not find a single Christian witness. Now, that's like, for me, that's like a red rag to a bull. Yes. I'm going to charge at this. What, yep. what do we do? How do we change it? Yes. You know, and so on. So I'm praying the Lord will give us an opportunity to do a French edition. Now, why? Because then we can go back into Africa, West Africa, Cote d'Ivoire, other places like Algiers, all French-speaking, and we can do a French edition. Hmm. And who knows how the Lord will use it. We'll have to pray to that end, right? Mm. Also understand that you partner with charitable organizations. What does that look like? We partner with other charitable organizations that have a heartbeat for what we're doing. So, for instance, we get Child's Hope International. Well, let's just make it local. Brown Church here yes. in South Haven. Yes. Pastor Bartholomew Orr. Yes. Yeah, well, so we've been working with Bartholomew for quite a while, and they've been doing working with the prison edition, working with the main edition, and so on. But when we look at charitable organizations, we, we, we like working with a group, say, like a Child's Hope International. Now, they do container loads of food for children. So they'll do about 300,000 meals per container. Now, the question is this, Byron. I said, okay, now, Jerry Shannon's just taken over from Larry Bergeron as the director. And when we started with, with Larry, we said, okay, well, how do you connect the gospel to what you do? Mm -hmm. Now, that's a hard question to answer because a lot of organizations do a wonderful job. I mean, don't get me wrong, but we say, where's the gospel in this? So then they say, oh, no, we'd like to put 10,000 papers into the container as well in that language. So we've done places like Haiti that got hit by a tornado or something, or a, a cyclone or whatever. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, a hurricane. A hurricane, that's yeah. what you call it. Yeah, yeah hurricane. So, yeah, so, so, so those are the other things where we connect with other ministries, Byron, to really value add to what they're doing so well. 
Well, you mentioned about France and your desire to see God break through and start a work there for Challenge Paper. Yep. Other new and innovative ways that you would like to explore with the Lord's direction? Well, I know we're looking at this the whole idea of developing into Europe. That's probably our next port of call. So France would be, yes, but Europe is an incredibly godless place. You know, you go to some of those countries now, uh, Germany, Greece, Italy. Now, here's, here's an interesting statistic, Byron. You can go to, say, somewhere like Italy or Ireland, that would be 90% Roman Catholic, but less than half a percent Christian. So the more religious a country becomes, uh, the less Christian. <laughs> uh, Is that what we're seeing in America? We become quite religious too, right? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, I was looking at the stats recently. The number of organizations that have done a research, the percentage of genuine believer in this country has now fallen to somewhere between 6 and 7%. So the reality is that America is nowhere nearly as Christian as people assume that it is yeah. because um, it's not. And we're in, our, in Australia, we're 2 to 3% genuine believer. So we've been around that figure for quite a while. But the problem is for most of our churches in Australia, we're aging and shrinking. Yeah. And I'm finding the same issue here in the U.S. A lot of our well-known churches are starting to age and shrink. A lot of our well-known pastors are aging, and the churches are aging with them. And that's probably what happened in, in Europe 30 years ago, mm. and we're seeing the results of that now. Yes. So now you're saying it's a wonderful time to, to see the challenge paper in these other countries. Well, I think people are looking for hope, Byron. Yes. They've seen COVID. They've seen the how, how fragile life can be. And they're trying to say, well, how do we actually do something about this? We need some hope. And so we want to give them that hope. I'm so glad you are there to do that. Carl, what excites you most about what you get to do with Challenge? Well, the thing that's always excited me most is about reaching people with the gospel. And I, I love doing it. I love trying to spread the net as far and as wide as we can. And I know some of my staff go, oh, no, Carl, Carl's <laughs> creating another opportunity. And I say, well, look, you know, you see an opportunity and I want to respond to it. And I look, Byron, I am one of those rare individuals who've never had to work for a living because what I do, I love it. Yes. And, I, and I, I like to be passionate about what I do. I like to be able to encourage my staff to be passionate and to be able to say, OK, how do we make a difference here? How do we change this scenario and uh, take it from there? So I think just <laughs> seeing the gospel going into places that maybe you wouldn't expect. Yes. Uh, that's one of the things that probably really gets me going. Carl, as we wrap up here, how can our listeners stay in touch and how can they read copies of Challenge newspaper locally? That's a good question. Well, obviously contact our local office. We have an office in uh, Lebanon, Ohio. We're at the Urban Crest Baptist Church. That's home base for us where our U.S. Director Andrew Trezona is there. So if you go to challengenewsus.org, you'll go on there. All the things that you need to know about Challenge or contact are there. That will give you all the information that's, uh, that's necessary. God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you're allowing Christ to do in and through you to spread the gospel through Challenge newspaper around the world. Thanks so much for being our guest Thank today. Thank you, Byron. My pleasure. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.